I was really looking forward to a one of those Red Bull infusions from Scooters when I got there. I was like, oh. I know, me too. Actually, I uh, I left a little early so I could swing by there. Then I saw they were closed. Water damage or something with the water, it said. Yeah, water issues. I was just glad no one could hear me because I might have cussed a little. <laughs> I wonder how many people are like that today. Like when you take away their coffee, it just ruins your whole morning. And it's raining. It's Monday. It's all many factors. Yeah, and it's not just raining. It's like absolutely pouring. I got soaked. Actually, you know, when you get so wet, like your feet get soaked. So my socks are wet. Like that's absolutely horrendous. <laughs> I only get that wet when <laughs> sailors or men in uniform are around. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. Okay, Blanche, calm down. <laughs> I need to keep a spray bottle around here and just start spraying you. Anything. I had a date this weekend. Oh, you did? It, it went well. It was very white bread, like went and had dinner and i had a homemade root beer at the restaurant and walked into his car and went home and got mcdonald's on the way home <laughs> so you didn't eat enough at the restaurant is what you're saying i got some ramen like a, it was a really good ramen dish but it's a date you don't sit there and slurp it down so i'm sitting there delicately eating noodles <laughs> and pork belly so on the way home, I was like, I need some cheeseburgers. <laughs> That's <laughs> I hilarious. <laughs> I love it. Was it a nicer place? It was. It was someplace in Huntington. There's another one in Fort Wayne, Junk Ditch or something oh, yeah, like yeah. that. And it was really little, like 19. So you went to the one in Huntington? Yes. That's funny. So we've gone to, as a big group, for you out there listening, I have a big fringe group here in town. And so like probably once a month bragging right we all get together i know i'm just making up these people. all my many friends all of my friends <laughs> we'll get together and we go get lunch we call it date night where we all just go have dinner together somewhere and we've gone to the the restaurant it's called junk ditch junk ditch doesn't sound very good <laughs> it doesn't we've gone to the one in fort wayne it's really really good it's also larger. Have you been to the one in Fort Wayne? I haven't, but I looked it up online. I was like, their menu's different. And yeah. And it's like, it looks pretty it's large. Big. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a big fan of it. So we just went to the one in Huntington maybe just a week ago, oh, maybe less than a week small ago. Small world. I know. It's very small, but we get there and it's dinner time. You know, we're all hungry and they tell us that they're waiting for their food to get there from their Fort Wayne location. <laughs> And we're like, how long oh, is that going to okay. be? Yeah. So evidently they have their food just gets driven in from the Fort Wayne location. Well, shoot. Yeah. But if you take a look around, like they have a really small kitchen, it looks like. So they probably don't have the storage for it like okay. the Fort Wayne location does. I bet. Because it was like, I mean, it was kind of like the size of our office that we're sitting <laughs> in. It wasn't very large. Yeah. I was like, tiny. oh, this is going to be an intimate, well, intimate day. And we were a big group and we're like, oh, how long is it going to be? And they're like, probably 40 to an hour. Jesus. And yeah, and we were like at the hunger level where you need something to eat. And right. we're like, well, they all work. what do you have? And he's <laughs> like, we have our seafood options. And that doesn't work for me. I don't know. Mm. I did not like seafood. It smelled like seafood when I walked in. And that kind of mm. didn't ruin it. But I was just like, ooh, ooh. Yeah. They definitely do have trout here, don't yeah, they? Especially in a small space like that. <laughs> right. Crack a yeah. window. Funny though that you went and tried it and but definitely if you go back, I would do the one in Fort Wayne. Oh yeah, it looked the menu's a lot bigger too. Yes. Like we had what was it? There were some really good appetizers that we tried there. Oh, I had a really good pizza that they make there. Like they have a wood burning stove of some kind and they make Ooh. the pizza there. Yeah, so I had a really nice pizza. So when we went to the Huntington location, they didn't have any of the pizzas on the menu. And I was like really, really upset about that. Because <laughs> like once I find something I really like at a place, that's what I get. Right. It kind of reminded me of the time when Olive Garden stopped selling their stinking pizzas. Their chicken Alfredo pizzas. Do you remember those? I never had one. Oh my gosh, they were delicious. And it's like the best thing. I remember when they started remodeling the locations. That's when they redid their menus and oh. they did away with all the pizzas. And I went in there with some friends one day and 
the waitress comes up and she's like, you know, what can I get you guys? And I was like, and I don't even have to look at the menu because I knew what I wanted. Right. I was like, I'll take the chicken Alfredo pizza. And she goes, oh, we don't have our pizzas anymore. And I looked at her and, you know, you just want to take your water and just throw it at her. Like, <laughs> change your mind. How you, dare you? Yeah. <laughs> make it for me. Right. This is a service industry. You got the ingredients. <laughs> yeah. So... I was like, well, I guess I'll get a menu and find something else. So <laughs> Let then me look. Yeah. So now it's just always soup, salad, and breadsticks for me. That's what I get too. That's why I've never tried the pizza. Even at McDonald's the other day, their Coke machine was out and I never get anything else to drink. And she was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'd love to give you that Coke, but our machine's broken. My brain just kind of froze for a minute. I'm like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you have? Like, I've never gotten any. I'm like, what else do you have here? Right. The only thing that came to mind, I was like, do you still have the orange high C? <laughs> like as a kid. <laughs> All right. Did you happen to see the news about, I mean, we have so much new things to bring up. And this is going to be our sixth episode. Oh, geez. But I feel Jesus. like, Jesus. <laughs> but I feel like we are just... Everything that we're covering, there's just new stuff coming out about it. <laughs> weather and, balloons. Yeah, weather <laughs> balloons, Jared from Subway, and Church of Scientology's leader, David Miscavige. He, did you see the recent article about him? Is he the one that went missing as well? No, 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 no. Well, yeah, kind of. So on our episode two, we talked about the Church of Scientology's leader, David Miscavige's wife, Shelly Miscavige. Mm -hmm. She's been missing for over 15 years. Well, shortly after we released the episode, and I'm talking about like within a week or so after we released the episode, news starts going out that David was served 27 times in two states with a federal lawsuit accusing him of human trafficking. Yeah. And it took them 10 months to be able to serve him because he was, according to the U.S. judge, Julie Sneed, actively concealing his whereabouts or evading service. Ooh. Mm -hmm. mm. David's being a bad, bad boy. It appears. And the thing about this is, like, when you hide from being served, I'm not saying you're guilty. But, but it looks like you're guilty. <laughs> doesn't look like you're hiding from the truth. Allegedly. Yeah. I'm going to cut it. <laughs> So basically, they couldn't serve him because they couldn't find him. And it took them 10 months to be able to get the judge to say, yeah, you did everything that you could do. And they were able to prove it to the judge. And she put out a ruling that because they did everything that they could, she deemed it as him being properly served with the order. And she did that on February 14th, so Valentine's Day. That's when her order came out, and the judge is giving him 21 days to answer or respond to the lawsuit. And for a federal court, for her to do that, she'll hold you in contempt, and she'll put a warrant out for your arrest if you Ooh. don't, uh, yeah. Appear. Yeah, if you don't start responding to your stuff. The lawsuit for this was filed by three ex-Scientology church members. They left the church in 2012 and 2009. They claimed that they were forced into labor on Scientology boats as children after signing a billion-year contract, which right. we talked about, which is, like, absolutely crazy. Like, <laughs> if you want to start a cult, make your member sign a billion-year contract exactly. in exchange for little or no money. In addition to the trafficking, one of the victims said that she was also a victim to repeated sexual assault as a child. And she was locked in an engine room for 48 hours as punishment after her mom left Scientology. The hell? Yeah, which a lot of people who talk out about Scientology say that when a family member leaves Scientology, all of your family who is still in Scientology will be punished oh, in some way. Yeah, it's just another conditioning thing so that... You know, if you and I were in Scientology, if I wanted to leave, that's going to be in the back of my mind that they're going to do something to you. So my actions aren't going to just impact me. It's going to impact a lot of people I care about. I just read this morning a quick article about Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise splitting up. And he's one of the most famous people in Scientology. And mm -hmm. 
they adopted two children together when they were married. And after Nicole left, the children decided to remain in Scientology. So that brings to mind the question like, oh, I wonder what punishments the children and Tom himself received. Good question. Because Tom is so high up, maybe not. Right. <laughs> no, but there's always privilege to those things. Another victim that's involved in the lawsuit said that his parents put him into the Sea Org nursery when he was two months old. And then when he turned six, he was also forced to sign this one billion year contract. He was then sent to live in a cadet org dormitory with around 100 children. Sounds like hell. Right. Children over six are considered to be and are frequently told that they are adults and that they should act and be treated as adults. Ooh, I don't like that. Yeah, which is a perfect way to condition children into preventing them from saying anything if something is happening you know right you're an adult you're to be held accountable for what you say yeah that just gives me like old man marrying young bride vibes right like, you're an adult now time to marry a 60 year old man and right ugh. another thing that's coming up now of course and we've been getting some funny instagram messages about this is weather balloons. Oh, yes. <laughs> so in our third episode, titled Nazis, Aliens, and Weather Balloons, I talked about the Battle of Los Angeles during mm -hmm. World War II. And we joked pretty heavily that we were going to start blaming everything on weather balloons. And especially for those who listened to the Unmasked episode, we went into that heavily about how we were going to start blaming everything. everything. On weather balloons. And how ridiculous. Damn weather balloons. Yeah. <laughs> so now there's this whole thing that started happening at the beginning of February, at the beginning of this month, when this Chinese spy balloon yes. flies on over <laughs> here. And when that started happening, of course, it was blowing up our news. Everywhere. And people were messaging in thinking that we were basically predicting the future with the <laughs> balloon talk can we get our logo on those <laughs> right but it, just to give some background especially for people who may not be listening in the u.s and maybe you just don't like to pay attention to the news i wouldn't blame you i don't often i know so the chinese spy balloon which took them a while to admit that it was theirs it was eventually shot down after it was discovered in the u.s it was shot down off the coast of South Carolina. Shortly after they shot it down, the U.S. is pretty confident that it was a spy balloon. They then find three more unidentified flying objects. That was reported heavily in the media. Federal officials are sharing that they found three more unidentified objects. Lord. Yeah. And people are freaking out. <laughs> right. They're over Alaska, the Yukon, and Lake Huron. I saw there were some reported in Canada as well that were shot down. Yeah. Well, and these three, everyone was calling them UFOs, unidentified flying objects. They get shot down. And now it's believed they could have been weather balloons. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and I'll just give you an example of one of these balloons as I thought this was very funny and why... Do you not need a little bit more information about weather balloons? Of course. And so this is just a fun little tidbit. So one of the balloons, it's the balloon that was shot down over the Yukon. It's believed to be what they called a Pico balloon, which is used for basic atmospheric exploration. So a hobbyist group in northern Illinois owned it. Oh, God. I know. So basically it's a privately owned weather balloon. So you can own them kind of like people do droids. Yeah. Okay. Which was news to me. I didn't know that you could do that. I did kind, kind of a little weird. But anyway, so it was shot down by a U.S. F-22 fighter jet using an almost half a million dollar Sidewinder missile. <laughs> For a pedestrian's <laughs> weather balloon. For a privately owned weather balloon. Good Lord. Which is funny to me. I mean, I could have popped it. For a lot less money. Right. <laughs> a blow dart. It reminds me, do you remember the episode of the Golden Girls 
where Sophia was calling Blanche some name about her being, you know, a little floozy. Oh, yeah. And Blanche pops her balloon. Uh, yeah. They just got back from pencil. buying shoes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she pops that balloon with that pencil. As soon as I heard that it cost a half a million dollars <laughs> to pop that balloon, I just thought, I would have done that for you for a lot less. And that's our tax dollars <laughs> at work. Hard at work. <laughs> So I just thought it was pretty funny. We don't need roads or bridges, but go spend half a million <laughs> on popping a damn pedestrian's weather balloon. Right. They're which, probably just sitting there trying to figure out how much pollution's in the atmosphere or something. And Well, overkill. So, so I actually <laughs> found out the answer because I got down into it, this little rabbit hole. A detective came and knocked on the door and I said, is it Renee? And he just gave me that solemn look. It was the worst day ever. The Proof Podcast is back with a new case and a new season. 23 years ago, 18-year-old Renee Ramos went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town. I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something. She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to Season 2 of Proof wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. So the balloon was shot down in the same area that they believed this hobbyist group's balloon ended up being like where this hobbyist group's balloon disappeared. Okay. So that's why they believe that it's probably their balloon. It also matches the description that we know that that balloon looked like. So for the hobbyist balloon, I'm curious of like who is putting up just random balloons if they're not the weather people. Right. So it was in the atmosphere for 123 days and it was on its seventh circumnavigation of the globe. So it was circling the entire globe. Jesus. Yeah. And it had been up there for 123 days, which is crazy to me because that means it's going over a lot of other countries mm -hmm. who are just like, okay, whatever, it's a balloon. How come my balloons from the store don't last that long? <laughs> well... Probably because they're uh, they're cheap, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but I did see that this person's balloon cost twenty bucks for them to build it, and I was like, "And we shut it down for half a million, <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't even recover it." So we need to get our own weather balloons with our logo on them. Just and start releasing them yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> Not a spy balloon. Right. Mystery Inc. podcast. <laughs> they shoot it down for a half a million and they're like, oh, I, I guess I'll listen to it. <laughs> right. So what was weird to me when I learned about this is like how many people can just release balloons and that there's no central place that this stuff is being logged in. And it's just weird to me that there's all these balloons flying up right. into the atmosphere and into the sky. So I was curious, like, how many weather balloons are being released every year? And I thought, oh, probably a thousand weather balloons a year in the U.S., you know, or whatever. So I found that each day, each and every day in the world, between 1,800 to 3,000 weather balloons are released. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. I don't like that. And they yeah. can stay up for over a hundred days. Evidently more than a Just circling the globe. Days. And I'm sure like people who are releasing like surveillance balloons, they're just banking on people just confusing it with other weather balloons, you know. Right. 
So typically they're made of latex and they're six feet wide before they release them into the air, but they end up expanding to 20 feet in diameter as they get higher up. Trojan Magnum XXXL. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, one of the weird things about it to me though, is like when I hear how many weather balloons were releasing, they're latex, they're that big. I'm like, and you guys are telling me to recycle and we are putting up these little stinking weather balloons. Use the sheepskin weather balloons, yeah. Dan. Or something that will dissolve or something. But And most of them are probably, when they do come back down, landing in the oceans. and Well, in the U.S., the National Weather Service releases a bunch of weather balloons, of course. And only 20% of those are recovered. And what I found out was mainly they're recovered because they want the device that they're flying with. Oh, like a little black box kind of. Sort of, yeah. It's basically the device that's doing the monitoring in the sky. Okay. And I found a bunch of photos of people who have come across this device because when I read that they're recovering 20%, I thought, oh, there must be a tracker. They're going out and finding them. No, what's happening is they have a little sticker on the box. And when you are out going around in the woods or doing whatever, and if you come across this box, it will tell you this is from the National Weather Service. There is included with this a little mailing pouch with a prepaid postage. Hmm. And please mail it back to us because it will help us basically recycle this. And 20% of the time, apparently, those get mailed back. Honesty, who knew? Yeah, I had no idea. So that's how they're getting them back. So I thought that was very interesting. I'm going to start calling them shady balloons because there are not that many people (laughs) interested in the weather. I mean, you can pull up on your phone the weather. I'm just, there's something shady going on, all these weather balloons. Well, what I found out was apparently, and this was totally news to me, they are often using those weather balloons to find out the way the wind is blowing. So like if you're watching the news and you see like the map that shows you like the little tick marks of which way the weather Mm -hmm. or which way the wind is blowing, they're probably using weather balloons to come up with that. Hmm. And I was like, can't we find a better solution? Are we (laughs) without (laughs) having to throw these weather balloons? All all these balloons. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently each location puts off weather balloons between two and four times a day. Good gravy. Yeah, just to monitor the weather. And that brings to mind the question, how did the U.S. government know these were Chinese weather balloons? Like, (laughs) did they see a logo or the flag or something on there? Right, especially if not all the weather balloons are being monitored and they can blow in any direction for a long time. So just seems kind of like a... Look over at this hand, not at this hand, reaching into your pocket. Very shady. Especially there's that many weather balloons. And then all of a sudden, oh, these three out of the thousands (laughs) are horrible and questionable. Right. So that brings me to my topic because it's my turn today. Oh, I thought that was your topic. No, it's not my topic. (laughs) I thought we were just reading it. These are just updates of previous episodes that are going to get into my topic. (laughs) You should know me for long enough that uh, when we first decided to do this podcast, we were just going to keep it about 15 minutes a piece. I forgot all about that. (laughs) We did not stick with that. I think uh, our listeners forgot all about that too (laughs) because we go over an hour each and every episode. And most of the time it's me because I find some little rabbit hole to go down and I start going down it. But it's important to make sure we give updates on things. It's so interesting. Yeah. I do have an update real quick before we go into your topic while we're doing updates. I wanted to come clean. I guess I lied to you and all of our listeners. Say it ain't so. After our last episode, a listener let me know that that big preserved appendage of Rasputin in the Erotica Museum is actually a horse's appendage. Mm. I don't know what all we Are can Are they just say. like saying that it's... Yeah, yeah. And if you looked the picture up, which I definitely did, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So it's you, a horse. But they're advertising it as it's his. Yeah. But you think that it, it really is probably a horse. Yeah, it's a horse. Mm-hmm. As soon as she said that, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Yep. <sighs> just 
from the way it looks and the size mm-hmm. and you know i get that for the museum that's a good way to get people to come right made me want to go see it but right. now i'm like oh horses we grew up in the country on a farm i've seen right. a dime a dozen right <laughs> well but just false advertising yeah dang it there are men out there blessed with that size but he was not one of them <laughs> At least they don't have the real one. Right. It's a little shriveled up. <laughs> right. So because we were talking about weather balloons and the original discussion on weather balloons was because of a UFO case that I wanted to share, I thought I would go ahead and give another UFO sighting. Ooh, good. And this sighting is one that people deem pretty credible and is pretty interesting. So Josh, have you ever heard of the Phoenix Lights? Yes, I have. Okay. The Phoenix Lights occurred on March 13th, 1997. The sightings were witnessed by thousands of people and were seen in a number of other states in addition to Arizona, which included Nevada and California, and it also included Mexico as well. I want to move out there. They get all the good UFO sightings. I know. Well, they're probably because they don't have a whole lot of trees. Yeah, yeah. Or light pollution blocking the view. Right. It's also one of the most well-known and well-documented UFO sightings in modern American history. Between the hours of 8.15 and 10.30 p.m., so about two hours, on the evening of March 13, 1997, a large number of people in the Phoenix area reported seeing a V-shaped object in the sky. The object was described as being several hundred feet wide, and several miles long. It had five round amber lights on the bottom of it, spaced out evenly. The longest plane, and this is just for my little research, so I'm thinking, okay, well, it's at least one mile long. Right. So I'm going to try to see if I can find, like, what in the sky could be that big. That would be scary to see something. Yeah, so I looked up what the largest plane was that has ever been built. And it had a length of 237 feet. And the plane with the largest wingspan is 261 feet. And just to give you an idea, there's 5,280 feet in a mile. Ooh, that's... (laughs) Yeah. So whatever object they're seeing in the sky was much bigger than right what, any it plane could have not been a plane <laughs> yeah i've seen those satellites that elon musk spacex has oh, yeah. made the really long ones i was coming home from a friend's one night and got out of my car and i looked up and i saw this huge long beam of white dots of light oh that's pretty just, cool and i was like you know, I kind of freaked out because I didn't know <laughs> what they were. And that was probably the longest thing I've seen. And I don't even know if those are a yeah, mile long. No, that would they just wouldn't be, be terrifying. Right. So many of the witnesses reported that the object was flying at a low altitude. They ranged from saying that it was several hundred feet to several thousand feet. And one of the things that I take away from that is if you and I were to describe an object flying and I didn't know how far up in the air it was, we would both be describing it differently. Right. And my memory of that comes back to this thought that I have when I was working at the movie theater in Indianapolis, you know, when I had the whole encounter with Jared, when I first got hired there, they had a little sheet that you would keep underneath your cash register drawer in the box office. And if you were to ever be robbed, you were supposed to immediately fill out the form. And it was supposed to be so that the suspect would be fresh in your mind and you could quickly fill the form out before police got there so that, you know, you could answer all their questions. So one day when we weren't very busy, I took the form out and I started looking through it. And one of the questions was asking how tall the person was. And I'm very tall. I'm six foot nine. And the girl who was also working in the box office was very short. I think she said that she was like four foot ten, four foot nine, or something like that. Bless very, very heart. short. Yeah. And so the next person that came in, I wanted to have like this little experiment because how I think 
someone's height is would probably be much different than hers. Right. And She's so like, I was they were a giant. Right. So, so this other guy comes in and I made an estimate in my mind of how tall he was. And my estimate was that maybe he was five foot ten. And she estimated that he was six three. So I just thought how funny that was that we're gonna be filling out this form and it's yeah. really going to be dependent on who the person is that's right. seeing them. You know. If it's both of you, you're like, what? Somewhere right. between these. Somewhere between five foot ten and six foot three. <laughs> you know, but that's just something that, that I took away after seeing how far people are saying this object was hovering in the sky. I would just take away from that that it wasn't very far off the ground as far as normal planes would fly. Right. So some witnesses even reported the object appeared to be moving slowly or even hovering in the sky. Despite its huge size, the object was described as being completely silent. So they couldn't hear any sound coming from it. That'd be even creepier. Right. In addition to the large V-shaped object, some witnesses also reported seeing smaller round objects somewhere near the larger object. So these smaller objects were described as being brightly lit and were seen moving independently of the larger object. So it didn't seem like it was attached to the larger object at all. The Phoenix Lights incident attracted widespread attention in the media, and it was the subject of numerous newspaper articles and television news reports. Many of the witnesses were interviewed, and their accounts of the sightings were recorded So the whole thing was well-documented both during and after. I thought this was really interesting. Shortly after the event, the Arizona governor held a press conference and said that they found the person who was responsible. One person? Mm Mm-hmm. Then he had an aide come out who was in an alien costume, which... In my mind, like, if I was living in Phoenix, that would freak me out seeing the lights. And if I were to see the governor, I would want something serious to come from him. Right. Not for you to make light of it or joke about it. Exactly. Let's be serious here, especially from a governor. You said it was Arizona? Yeah. Yeah. So years later, in 2007, that former governor would then say that he did that whole thing because he didn't want the public to panic. So basically making light of it, making a joke out of it. That makes me panic more. I'm like, great, our governor's a moron. Right. So he said that, quote, I'm a pilot and I know just about every machine that flies. It was bigger than anything I've ever seen. It remains a great mystery. Other people saw it. Responsible people. I don't know why people would ridicule it. And I'm like, dude, you ridiculed it worse than anyone else did. Put a man in a costume. Come on. Yeah. So at first, the Luke Air Force Base, which was nearby, said that they had no activity to report from that night. And much later, they reported Operation Snowbird. So Operation Snowbird was a pilot training program operated in the winter by the Air National Guard. The theory goes that what people thought was a large flying triangle if you say weather balloon, I'm going to throw this table. Right. <laughs> was due to five A-10 jets. So the second incident, which they thought was completely separate, was described as a row of bright lights hovering in the sky, and they thought that it was due to a flare drop exercise by a set of different A-10 jets. Jets aren't silent, though. And why are they doing this over Phoenix? Right. And it's a pilot? For me, in my mind, I'm thinking if you're going to perform a training program, you should probably warn the people who live in that area, yeah. especially if it's Phoenix, Arizona. Hey, guys, just heads up. Yeah. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Be We're going right. to be dropping crap from right. the sky and flying planes at night. <laughs> and don't be worried, though. Your tax dollars hard at work. <laughs> right. So another theory was that it could be a top secret military aircraft. But my question to that is the only thing that would make sense is if it's a mile-long blimp because there would be no possible way that an airplane could ever be miles long. But there is no plane that could ever reach that length, of course, as I just said. 
be too heavy. Right. And the military has denied that they would ever have a blimp that would be that size. And this event happened 20 years ago, and we've not seen any release of any information that's been leaked about the government having any type of craft blimp that size or of that kind. They tend to go towards the more faster vehicles of war than a blimp. Right. So that is my topic. So I will turn the show over to you, Josh. Well, my topic is, you could say, out of this world, but not to deal with aliens. Or weather balloons. Yes, no weather balloons. (laughs) Good heavens. All righty. I will be bringing you all to Jesus a little bit with my topic today. PTL. PTL. Do you know what that means? I don't. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise Him. Wop, worship, and praise. (laughs) (laughs) Now, all of this is based on Christian mythology, but I grew up in it and still have a fascination with the unmasking what is true based on historical artifacts that are found and what is just a big old bunch of baloney. A detective came and knocked on the door. And I said, is it Renee? And he just gave me that solemn look. It was the worst day ever. The Proof Podcast is back with a new case and a new season. 23 years ago, 18-year-old Renee Ramos went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town. I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something. She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to Season 2 of Proof wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Now, what comes to mind when I mention fallen angels to you? The devil. Exactly. Satan. That's exactly what I have. Lucifer, Satan, or the devil are all the most popular answers. But there were actually a lot more fallen angels. Some were cast out while others chose to leave their realms and live among men on earth. A few of the fallen angels who are believed to have been cast out are Beelzebub. I, I put these just because they're hard names, and but I enjoyed the names. Beelzebub, Mephistopheles, and Ibelees. Her name made me think of I bleed. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> just to name a few. There were actually a lot more than I realized. If any angel is cast out of heaven, they are then referred to as a demon, you know, living in the hell realm with Lucifer. I don't believe in this stuff. I just find it interesting. (laughs) But what about those fallen angels who chose to come to earth? Well, they are believed to have taken wives from among men and intermingled their downstairs bits still considered a demon, if they were real, it's a safe bet that the relationships probably weren't of the consensual nature. First off, most of this is based on the long-lost book of Enoch, which is excluded from most Bibles, especially the ones we grew up with. 
Second, one of the reasons that the angels chose to descend is because they fell in love with the beauty of humanity. And third and final, if I recall, which I looked it up, but anything to deal with Christianity, there's a lot of yes and no answers on every single question. But most, if not all, angels were hermaphrodites or didn't have any sexual organs since they don't need them for reproduction. I mean, Hmm. what's the point? Right. So these angels fell in love and came to our realm and basically started making babies, creating an entirely new race called Nephilims. Have you ever heard of the word Nephilim before? I don't think so. Well, they are the offspring of these fallen angels and mankind, and it would appear that there was a reason that intermingling was forbidden. These babies were being born giants. The word Nephilim is a Hebrew word and is often translated as giants or fallen ones. The Nephilim are also referenced in Genesis and Numbers and are possibly referred to in Ezekiel. Can't believe I said that name right the first time. They were not only giant of stature, but they were especially strong as well and particularly wicked. If you remember the story from Sunday school, David and Goliath. Well, old boy Goliath was a Nephilim. Even in the story, he is so big and strong that no one can defeat him. There have been discoveries of giant skeletons or giant skulls from all around the world as well. I will mention that more than a few of them have been revealed to be hoaxes. During research, I came across reports of one in Ohio even, but upon further research, it was fake. Of Mm. course, I was like, I'm grabbing the keys. I'm going to go look. (laughs) Not only were these Nephilim considered a blaspheme towards God, but they were also a damnation of his perfect creation. And they reproduced as well, producing offspring called Ilioids. They bore similar traits to their parents, but were more watered down, depending on the mix. Whatever it was, all I know is if they were real, they were hornier than a herd of bulls surrounded by a field of roses. I came up with that last night and I cracked up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, heavens. I write mostly like late at night when I can't sleep after midnight. So some of the stuff, it's, this is me slap happy. While you have the Golden Girls playing in the background. Usually, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> See, I, I think I'm funny. <laughs> Eventually, it became too much corruption for God. So he, or sudden solar flares melting all the polar ice, flooded the earth to eradicate the tainted bloodline. It's possible that the whole story of Noah's Ark and the Great Flood was not because mankind had itself been corrupted, but that the bloodline of humanity had been corrupted by these fallen angels. Noah was from a pure-blood human line and during a time when humans lived hundreds of years. He himself lived to be over 900 years old. It is believed that if they were real, the Nephilims were all wiped out during the Great Flood. But if you dig deep enough, you start to realize that there were stories of giant warriors from several different ancient civilizations, from South America to even here in North America. One of them is a race of pale white giants with red hair. According to legend, red hair sprouted from every pore of their bodies, They stood up to 12 feet tall, and thousands of years ago, it is said that they cannibalized the tribes of Lake Lahotan, the ancient waters that covered northern Nevada during the last ice age. So where Death Valley was, basically. Mm. Even close to us, there is believed to have been a cannibalistic race of giants that lived in what is now Tennessee. The Choctaw tribe first encountered them during a migration through the area. They were said to have been man-eaters as well, and the Choctaw would fight and kill them any time there was any interaction between them. Were all the Nephilim killed during the Great Flood, or did some manage to escape and survive in more secluded areas of the world until being wiped out because of their wicked cannibalism, 
or just sheer size. If they did exist, it sounds like you definitely wouldn't want to come across one. You would think that, being the children of angels, they would have been a little nicer and maybe even pretty. Apparently, if one falls from grace, your semen goes on steroids. (laughs) That's the end of my little Nephilim. (laughs) Oh, lovely. I was inspired by that. Just, I mean, as we mentioned, you are a tall man. You're, what, six foot nine? Yeah. And when I first came across Nephilims, I was like, ooh, we're a tall family. Maybe we have some Nephilim. I know we have Neanderthal DNA, thanks to some DNA tests. That explains my forehead. But no Nephilim came up. (laughs) Yeah, I'd never heard of that story. I had heard about them just growing up, like the name Nephilim. I was like, okay, I know I know this, but from where? And then researching, I'm like, okay. And then... David and Goliath, I was like, oh, wow, so this could possibly be true based on that. (laughs) Very interesting. I like the topic. Both of us, something out of this world. Right. One straight up, the other a little more adjacent. (laughs) (laughs) So I picked out two reviews for us to share. So Josh and I, we, we really enjoy when you guys leave reviews telling us how much you guys are enjoying listening. And in fact, whenever we get a new one, one of us screenshots it and sends it to the other. And we I love waking up to them. I'm like, oh, what a good way to start the day. <laughs> right. And we always share them on our Instagram. And we sometimes will read them on the podcast. So I've picked two of my favorite most recent ones. So one of them is from Gino21. Gino. Gino. They said, this podcast is a great blend of true crime, paranormal, history, and hilarious stories. I love their back and forth. And honestly, I've learned a lot already about some new-to-me topics. Highly recommend. You will not regret it. Also, check out their Patreon. I love the Unmasked episodes. Thank you, Gino. Yeah. I'm not that you enjoy the Unmasked episodes. We have fun with them, which is basically Josh and I. We're talking about the episode in more detail, and sometimes we'll include funny stories. I know one unmasked follower said that they really enjoy hearing stories about our grandma. Oh, yeah. So that's always a fun, fun thing. We get to put our notes down and just kind of go off topic a little sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So it's just basically a hangout. Yes. And from Amber Morrow, she said, I have binged all episodes and I need more. The way you both tell your stories is so intriguing and fun. I can't wait for new episodes. And until then, we'll check out both of your individual episodes. Well, thank you, Amber. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed this, Josh, but Amber Morrow is also the name of Kim's daughter. That's when you said it. I was like, where do I know this name from? And I was like, oh, wait. For you who's listening, Kim is my assistant here. Hi, Kim. And Yes, hello, Kim. We love Kim. She's the one that will be listening to this audio before we release <laughs> it to make sure that we don't sound a fool. Hey, baby. How you doing? <laughs> but Kim had lost a daughter to a drunk driver, and her name was Amber Morrow. She was 17. That's why when you said it, it took me a, just a second. I was like, wait, I know this name. Yeah. It's a fake account. Right. Maybe she's been hacked. Right. No, but when we saw it, I screenshotted it and I was like, oh, look, another Amber Morrow because she's had instances where there are other Amber Morrows out there. Right. And each time Kim always just like, oh, another Amber Morrow. But anyway, so if you're out there listening and you really enjoy listening to the podcast, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or you can rate us on Spotify. If you do not like listening to the podcast, we do not have the ability to leave reviews or ratings, (laughs) so don't bother. Yeah, just don't do that. I saw. I go on there occasionally. (laughs) I saw one. I was like, I uh, listened and it was good, but there was a spelling error on one of the notes. So nope, one star. And And I was like, excuse me for being human. I well, and I was like, you could have just emailed that. Come on, Uh, we would have fixed it. That's why I, I don't, I w- just usually wait for you to send me the reviews because right. when I go on there, I'm like, just take it with a grain of salt. And then I'm like, no, they need to know. Listen. Right. 
So if you're listening, you can join us on Patreon or Apple Podcast Premium for the Unmasked episodes, which we will go ahead and get into, Josh, if you're ready. Yeah, that link is patreon.com slash Inc. And we will also have some Jesus shirts available sooner than later. Um, if you would like one, we will be doing a small order on those. So scoop one up once they are available. And we will be traveling this month in just a few weeks to a couple of mysterious places to record our episode, get some pictures and some postcards for our Patreons, and explore together to see what we can dig up. Perfect. So let's go ahead and start the Unmasked episode. Thank you all, and we will talk at you next time on Mystery Inc. All right. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.